Good morning. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. You know, there's a subject that generally when we're talking to believers at some point, the conversation will come up and that has to do with holiness. What does it mean to be holy? I think we all have an idea in our minds when we hear the word holy or holiness, but exactly what does a scripture have to say about it? I mean, is holiness a lot of do's and don'ts, or is it something deeper than that? Is it something about a radical transformation of the soul of an individual through the grace of God that makes us into something that we've never been before? Well, we're going to talk about that. How holy are you? And we're going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 13. Over the last uh, few weeks, apart from last Sunday, talked about guilt and shame and about Jesus dealing with our sin. And that all really circles and is tied into a big theological word that Paul uses and that was really important, oh, about a little over 500 years ago. Just, whoop, 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 here I am. Justification. Big word. That means justified, right with God, declared perfect, absolutely perfect and right standing with God. And, and justification is something that God has done for us. Is something that he has done. We had nothing to do with it. It was all a completed work of Jesus, and he shares his perfection, his righteousness with you and I. And so we stand, I always will stand, nothing can change that, justified before God. But then there's another word that Paul uses, and it's interchangeable. The primary word, two primary words we see in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament is the word holy, but then we also, it's linked to the word, what we know as sanctification. And we have some strange and at times bizarre understandings that can really trip us up about these two things. Most of us can kind of wrap our heads around a little bit this, that God makes us righteous, he declares us righteous, we're forgiven, therefore we stand perfect before God, and that Jesus has clothed us with his perfect righteousness, that's very clear. But then when we come to this one, and we know that this has done everything, all of it, by God right here, we have nothing to do with it. All of our righteousness, as scripture says, are as filthy rags. But when we come to this part of it, especially in preaching and in teaching, a lot a lot of emphasis in these two areas is placed upon us and what we do. And in reality, that is again a complete flip-flop from what the scripture actually teaches about these two things. They are something that are shared with us. And when we come to passages like this in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 13, He's led up to this point where he's talked about what Christ has done for us. And he says, therefore, having girded your minds for action, be sober in spirit and fix your hope completely 
on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, as obedient children, not being conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your conduct. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, a surface reading of that passage of scripture, if we don't have an understanding of what the Bible has to say about these two words, can put us in a lot of trouble in our walk with God. And we have to ask ourselves the question, am I to make it my goal in life to be holy? Is that a goal that I need to be striving for? How hard do I have to work to be holy? When do I get to a state or a condition where God looks at me and says, boy, oh boy, Randy sure is living a holy life today. Are there degrees of holiness in our walk with God? I mean, when I start out, am I, you know, uh, just a, a, a little bit holy? But then the more things I do, like pray and read my Bible and, and, and witness to people and give money and attend church, does that, as I grow, make me a little bit more holy? And then as I go on with God, get a little bit more holy? And all of us, we've probably met people in our lives, I know I have, and this is because before I had a better understanding of this for sure, I would meet people who had been Christians for, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, and especially preachers that, that I really looked up to, and I would see them in the light of, boy, they sure are holy people. I hope one day that I will be holy in my walk like they are holy in their walk. They really are holy. And, and I would feel like, okay, I'm here and, and they're out there somewhere and they really, really are, and you hear this term, holy men of God. Are some believers more holy than other believers? And a lot of times, again, because of the world we grow up in, we compare ourselves with others. And in some cases, we see people who are further along the journey and say, wow, 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 they really are holy. But then we look down at others who aren't as far along as we feel like they should be and gives us a sense of feeling more holy than they are or kind of like the saying no holier than thou attitude. So we need to find out what does the scripture really say about this? Because again, if we're wrong, it puts us on a track that can end up in a great deal of frustration and a lot of unnecessary effort to become something that maybe God has already declared that we are. Now, when we define holiness, there's a big importance for us to understand. When you use this term right here in the Old Testament, this is one you'll find a lot there. You see this term sanctify, and then sanctification is tied off of it. To sanctify something means this. I am going to make it. I declare it or make it holy, period. If something is sanctified, it is declared and made to be holy, period. And, you know, if we dig up these words, 
Again, a lot of times we dig these words and take them out of the Bible and we put them into our modern religious context to get understanding of them, and we can't do that. Because again, most of the time, our modern religious context and understanding of these words is not what the Bible actually teaches. It is much more religion than it is what the Scripture is actually teaching us about it. And when we think about this sanctification, most of the time we are taught that it means I'm living a life of good works. That's what my life is. I am obeying God. I'm living a life of good works. There's fruit being born in my life. And again, good works are important, aren't they? We know the scripture says that. Paul tells us that God has designed and set us aside and saved us for good works, that we should bring forth fruit that reflects the Lord Jesus Christ. By doing good works and living out our vocation where God has called us, we do fulfill the law to love our neighbor as ourself. So that is a good thing. But a life of good works is not the way the Bible talks about these two things. A life of good works is not the way the Bible talks about holiness, sanctification. And we're going to get more into that as we move through this message over the next week. Well, I hope you have a great day, and may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be yours in fullest measure.